Welcome to Confidently Creative. I'm your host, Jason Ward. Every week on Confidently Creative, we are going to help you become more confident with your creative business. I'll be sharing knowledge, experience, and even some mistakes learned from working with leading creatives from the worlds of theater, fashion, visual arts, and music. We'll also take a look at some examples from my consultancy practice that supports the creative and commercial development of businesses like yours. I would love you to subscribe as well and join our creative community. And please get in touch to share your feedback or let me know if you need specific support. Whether you're just dipping your toe into the creative world or looking to take your creative business to the next level, I want to help you become more confidently creative. Enjoy the show. Today, we're going to be talking about how Sam Ryder, the immensely talented Sam Ryder, conquered the Eurovision Song Contest and what it teaches us about solving, not selling. Here in the UK, we're very lucky that we've been the birthplace of some of the most creative, innovative and successful rock stars in history. But despite this amazing heritage, the country has consistently failed to enjoy success in the Eurovision Song Contest. For those who don't know, the Eurovision Song Contest is a Europe-wide songwriting competition that was designed to bring the continent together and celebrate its pop music. It has developed into the biggest and possibly campest music event on the planet and now also includes Australia. But don't ask. So with all this amazing musical heritage and talent pool, surely... The UK should be winning this contest every year, right? Wrong. In the 70s and 80s, you would have seen the UK finish in second place quite a few times, although we did win in 1981 with Making Your Mind Up by Bucks Fizz. Check it out on YouTube. I'm sorry. Essentially, the UK did not really take the Eurovision Song Contest seriously, and the country's results got worse and worse until we were regularly coming last with a series of frankly, poor songs that appealed to nobody. I should also explain how the Eurovision Song Contest works. Essentially, it's a massive live TV show watched by billions across Europe and Australia. There are 30 songs presented live, and a jury in every country votes for the songs they like best, and they award from zero, or nil point, to 12 points. After this, the public in each country has a telephone vote, but neither the jury nor the public can vote for their own country's song. Let's get back to our story, though, of how this got turned around. So it starts with the BBC, the amazing BBC who financed the UK's part of Eurovision. They decided it was time to get serious about the contest and to hire in some heavyweight professionals to get the best UK entrant possible. So the BBC engaged Ben Mawson and Ed Millett of TAP Management to consult on the project and to deliver a better result. If you don't know, TAP Management is the company behind the success of Dua Lipa, of Lana Del Rey, Ellie Goulding. Already, we're feeling more excited, right? Now, TAP made a conscious choice to change the narrative around the Eurovision. And this is where all of us as creative professionals can start to learn. Let's look at the key actions that TAP took. First off, they looked at the viewer demographics and the voting demographics. Now, I know already using the word demographics might make some of you switch off, but stick with me. Essentially, they wanted to discover who was most engaged with the Eurovision Song Contest. What they discovered was that the single largest and growing audience group for the last five years was 12 to 18-year-olds. Teens who love pop music, 
don't care where it comes from, don't care or even know about the politics that some people associate with Eurovision. They like artists and songs they can engage with on social media, especially TikTok. TAP also recognised that all recent Eurovision winners had enjoyed hits and popularity across the continent prior to the contest. So TAP compared what they found with how the event was promoted and run in the UK and saw that the contest was promoted mainly through the BBC's Radio 2, which is a national BBC radio station aimed at 35 to 65-year-olds. Meanwhile, the BBC also runs Radio 1, which is a national pop music station aimed at a younger, mainly teen audience. So by carefully analysing the facts and figures behind the challenge, TAP were able to formulate a creative pitch to solve the problem. TAP were not selling an artist, a song or a concept, but instead they presented a creative solution to the problem that they had identified through factual research. And what was the challenge? What did they need to solve? What was their solution? Well, they needed to find a creative artist with a strong social media following who writes great songs that appeal to teens and is well known across Europe. And not much of a list of tick boxes there. However, by analysing the demographics and presenting what they discovered, TAP were also able to make the case that the BBC was pitching the event incorrectly. Because, as we saw earlier, for the BBC, Eurovision had always been a Radio 2 product, which meant that the UK always fielded a Radio 2 playlist-compatible song. As we discovered, Radio 2, UK's most listened to station, but its demographic is 35 to 65-year-olds, rather than the 12 to 18-year-olds who vote for the winner, which means the song was continually and consistently missing the demographic of those who are likely to vote for it. So TAP's team met with the BBC and convinced them to make it a Radio 1-supported event, more in line with the demographics. So although you can't vote for your own country's song, this shift was integral to changing the attitude that Eurovision could be cool and credible and it got new, younger fans on board. I hope you're enjoying this edition of Confidently Creative. I would love you to subscribe and join our creative community. And please do get in touch to share any feedback you may have or just let me know if you need any specific support. My objective is to help you become more confidently creative. Now let's get back to the show. TAP identified the audience and its needs. They identified where the audience was and then identified the best place for their solution to be seen and heard. So let's recap that. They identified the audience and its needs. So this is our teens who like great pop music that they can relate to also on TikTok. So that's where the audience was. And then identified the best place for their solution to be seen and heard. Radio 1 and once again, social media. After an extended search selection audition process, TAP found and settled on singer-songwriter Sam Ryder. Now, Sam had some singles. He's also released an album. He'd been on the live circuit for a couple of years. He also has a big audience across Europe. He plays festivals there and he's very creative on social media and has 12.5 million followers. Once TAP established Sam Ryder as the creative solution, they needed to put phase two into operation. And this was the communications, if you like, the selling, the promotional part. And they treated Eurovision almost like a political campaign of winning hearts and minds. So Sam campaigned and played gigs and did TV appearances in major territories like Germany and Scandinavia to win support from the media there. And along the way, 
he made even more great social media content which engaged his fans. The media coverage and the messaging around Sam Ryder was targeted very precisely. It capitalised on his TikTok following and once again energised his fans of 12 to 18 year olds across Europe, the ones, as we learnt, who were more likely to vote for him. Now, if you were outside of this key demographic, you're unlikely to have heard about Sam until much later in the process. The results of this analysis, this planning, this targeted activation were outstanding. The UK got its highest point score in decades, coming second only to Ukraine, which was fine with everyone. The song, Spaceman, is a massive hit across Europe, and in the UK, it got to number one, which no Eurovision song has done for decades. Real talent, visionary creativity, when combined with strong factual analysis, create unbeatable experiences for clients, customers and audiences. But how does this help all of us? There are a number of actions that could inspire how we all work. Let's have a look at them. First of all, call in an expert. The BBC called in TAP management who had successfully managed the careers of some big name pop stars. That investment totally paid off for the BBC and for the country and, incidentally, TAP donated their consultancy fee to Ukrainian charities. Identify your audience. This is key for us. TAP analysed who the key demographics were, that it was the 12 to 18 year olds that were most likely to vote. This information meant that they could then make targeted, creative decisions from a place of knowledge. There was no need to offer something for everyone. They knew who they were making this for. Clear messaging. So this is also important for us. In this case, there was no piss-taking in Eurovision. Sam Ryder was presented as a proper, credible pop star whose music draws on the best of British rock. In fact, in Spaceman, you can hear influences from Queen and Elton John, even Robbie Williams. They're all positive. So the messaging was around having a genuine, authentic singer-songwriter rather than a Eurovision novelty act. Also, talk to your audience. Because TAP had established who their key audience was, they were able to talk directly to that group. Sam Ryder could connect daily with 12.5 million engaged audience members. Once again, know your product and know your audience so you know where to get in touch with them. There was no need to print a million flyers and hope for the best. Finally, make the right creative choice. Sam Ryder and the song Spaceman was the right creative choice based on all the empirical knowledge the TAP management team had discovered, but also based on their own knowledge and experience of what works in pop music. Now, sometimes we're all guilty of doubting our own knowledge, experience and creativity, which is why having facts to back it all up is so key, so supportive and so helpful. TAP's work was informed by facts. It benefited from their experience and was driven by creativity. To summarise, as we see, success is not just a random occurrence. It takes creative vision, it takes getting the right support in place, and it takes working hard to understand what problem you are solving. That's why I always talk about solving, not selling. Thank you for listening to Confidently Creative with me, Jason Ward. I would love you to subscribe and please don't forget to send me your feedback and let me know if you would like personalized support with your creative business. You can follow me on Instagram at Jason Ward Creative where you'll find tips and creative inspiration. 
Once again, thank you for listening, and I'll see you next time on Confidently Creative.